Park's workshop. This is John Park, and uh, this is my workshop. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? No, okay, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't going to do that, but then someone <laughs> goaded me into doing it, so sorry. Uh, look, it's Lars. Hey, it's our good friend Lars. Do you remember last week we, uh, we started working on the Lars project? Well, uh, I have an update on my Lars project, as well as some other great stuff. Um, I've got the, uh, the AC running, so I'm gonna have a hard time hearing Lars here, but maybe you'll be able to hear him. If I hold him close to my, my microphone, let's see. Let's give him a little, little tap. Yes, in fact, it's, it's working quite well. Um, I may at some point look into updating this with an even louder uh, amp and speaker. Uh, it works well in the home, it's just when you're trying to demonstrate it over a, over a microphone in a loud environment, it's uh, a little on the quiet side. Uh, yeah, Wolf220 in the Discord chat, the Adafruit Discord said, uh, don't jump scare us. And um, well, now you see what happened, right? Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do some Lars updating. Let me turn off his little switch there. Uh, can't get enough of Lars. And Let's see, what else have we got today? There's, there's all, all sorts of good stuff. Um, first of all, I'll mention our jobs board. If you head on over to the jobs.adafruit.com, you will see uh, a number of available positions uh, and people who are posting up their own resumes looking for work. Uh, in fact, let me pop right on over to that uh, right now, and you can see... Right here, we've got uh, a new position posted on May 15th. In, uh, someone's looking for an electronics technician at a sports 
Technology Systems, I think that's the name of the company. It's in both Germany and the US. Uh, location here is in the Lehigh Valley. I believe that's in Pennsylvania, yeah? I think so. Uh, so this is looking for an assembly uh, technician, someone who's got some elite soldering skills and more. So uh, have a look at that if you're interested, if you're looking for work. Uh, and it's always free to head on over to sign up, uh, to post a position, or to put up your own resume. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, you know what, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll switch right on over to the next tab, because here's a little bit of news. Uh, this is Maker Faire weekend. So there's gonna be a Maker Faire this weekend happening uh, online. This will be the first virtual Maker Faire that I'm aware of. Um, and if you'll, you know what, if you'll, Bear with me, I'm gonna noodle around with my audio settings. I'm gonna try to boost that gain just a little bit and, uh, and yet still try to avoid clipping. Someone tell me if they, if they find any disturbances in the force. It just looks like the level's a little low. I've, I've got my microphone a little low here too. Uh, but I'll try to shout. No, I don't wanna shout. Uh, Virtual Maker Fair is gonna be happening on May 23rd. It's gonna be an all day event, 24 hours of presentations. So it's gonna span the globe. There will be uh, different presentations coming from people in all time zones, exhibits across all time zones, it says. So go and check it out. You can just go to makerfair.com. Uh, and if you head over there, there's a great intro video uh, by our good friend, Mario the Maker Magician that talks about the event. And then there are links uh, and, and there's a schedule. In fact, if you head on over to uh, Meet the Makers, you'll see all sorts of different people, including me. There, there I am. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a presentation. Uh, oh gosh, the helicopter is coming for Lars now. He doesn't drive anywhere anymore. He's gotten too famous, so uh, sorry about that. What can I do? Uh, and What's this one? Rocket ship control panel. I like the looks of that. I don't know if this is what's happening in order or not, uh, but these are some of the cool presentations that'll be happening. Uh, you can also check out a schedule. Uh, I looked in here to find out when mine is, which is gonna be Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Pacific. I believe these are all in Pacific time. Uh, and I know that uh, PT and Lady Ada are doing a presentation. I think, I wanna say it's a little later than that. Um, but I don't recall for sure. They mentioned it yesterday, I think, on the um, Ask an Engineer. So you can go back and check that. Or if anyone knows in the chat, either in the Discord chat or uh, over on YouTube, I'm keeping an eye on those. Let me know. Um, but you can also use the search. So let's see. Let me, let me type in Adafruit here and see. Uh, oh, I'm so wrong. Yeah, there it is. Pivoting in the pandemic, Adafruit NYC. And that's going to be Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and that's Pacific time. So I was way off on the times. Um, there are some other uh, Adafruit people, Noah and Pedro are doing a talk, and uh, that's gonna be at one o'clock on Saturday. And uh, also Aaron is doing a talk at two o'clock. So uh, yeah, makerfair.com. Did someone uh, have a question about that? Yeah, makerfair.com will, will give you all the info that you're looking for. Uh, so head on over there and check it out. Uh, so let's see, what else have we got uh, to mention? Let me look at my notes. I don't want to be forgetful. What did I want to talk about here today? Uh, yeah, job board, make fair. Uh, 
special show and tell. I'm going to be running a special show and tell today at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern time. So that's uh, about an hour after my show, uh, 45 minutes after my show. So please come on, on uh, onto the show and show some stuff and tell some things. We want to see things. We want to hear about stuff. If you've got a cool project you're working on or if, you're, uh, if you've finished a project, you want to show it off or if you're just getting started and you want to talk about your plans, get some feedback, uh, so on, please come on to the show and tell. I know that we've got at least a couple of people uh, who've already expressed some interest in bringing some things by. Uh, and there is a blog post up, uh, as well as a link that will be going into the Discord chat. That's adafru.it slash Discord uh, right before uh, the show so that you can click on that link and join in our StreamYard, which is the, the software we use. It's just a web page. You don't need anything fancy. Uh, so come on by to the show and tell. What else? Uh, there are so many live streaming things happening these days. I've got my new show, and that happens on Tuesdays. Uh, I should really put the times on there, shouldn't I? Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern. And uh, that is over on the Microsoft Make Code Mixer channel, as well as the usual Adafruit streams. Uh, and that's a show where I do an hour build, uh, 45 minutes to an hour live coding and building of a project right inside of Make Code. Uh, so if you like your Make Code and you like the Make Code Minute, uh, but you want much more of it, that's, that's probably the show for you. And uh, Last week, uh, I built a cool little interface on a Pi Gamer to use a uh, strip of NeoPixels and change their RGB values right from the screen. Uh, it was one of my favorite uses, in fact, of MakeCode and the uh, different MakeCode hardware is to make little uh, microcontroller user interfaces with a graphical programming environment. I find it to be really uh, uh, useful for me to see stuff as I'm building it, which the, the MakeCode allows you to do. Uh, let's see. What else is going on here? Uh, how about a, uh, a little mention of my product pick of the week? So this week, my product pick of the week is the Permaproto Bonnet Mini Kit. Uh, in fact, I have one right here. And I'll be showing this off inside of my project build, uh, my new project that I'm getting started this week. Uh, but there it is. It's a little PCB, typical uh, permaproto style. So, in fact, let me let me pop onto my overhead here. Uh, you can see it's got some pinouts here uh, across the top. This is a two by twenty Raspberry Pi style connector. So you could put either female or male headers on there if you want to use this as a bonnet that you're setting on on top of a a Pi project, you'd place the female headers on the bottom side there and snap it on top. Uh, and then some of those uh, GPIO pins, power and ground, are broken out onto this row here. And so then you can run some jumper wires. Uh, you'll see I did mine on the back side. You can run the jumper wires to this permaproto area, which is uh, lined up like a breadboard. Uh, so we've got power and ground rails for both 3 volt and 5 volt, uh, and then a bunch of pins that you can use for a circuit you want to build, or in the case of the project I'm showing today, if you want to put another microcontroller on there, uh, either if you're using a microcontroller along with a Pi, or in my case, if I'm using a Pi accessory along with a microcontroller, uh, this is a really great way to do it. It's, uh, let, me, let me pop over to the store and you can see this 
page here. It's $4.50 uh, from the Adafruit store. And in fact, you can get that now. Uh, the Adafruit store is shipping. So if you want to go and buy it right from the Adafruit store, do so. If you want to still go over to DigiKey, hit this red buy on DigiKey button and head on over there. Uh, the kit comes with a female 2x20 header, which is the typical um, Raspberry Pi header for going on top of some, some Pi or Pi Zero. Uh, another thing about this is it is Pi Zero dimensions. So you can see from this, this image here, it fits uh, perfectly. It lines up exactly with a Pi Zero and it has the same uh, mounting holes so you can attach it to a project. So you'll see a little bit later uh, how I'm using that. Uh, so that's my product pick of the week, is the, the uh, Bonnet Permaproto kit thing. Yeah, I dig it. Do you dig it? Lars digs it. Uh, so let's set this over here. And now we can jump into a little segment that I like to call the Make Code Minute. Let's get this set up. Sorry, I got distracted there. I was saying hi to Mike Sinise over in the YouTube chat. Uh, I'm logged in as Adafruit right now. Normally I have a second window where I'm me, but if you see JP, uh, if you see Adafruit uh, typing in over in the YouTube comments, that may be me. Uh, Mike is a senior editor, I hope you got your title right, over at uh, Make, and he's, I'm sure, busy helping uh, get this worldwide virtual maker fair effort going. So uh, good luck to you, Mike. That's, that's uh, really exciting. A first. Uh, we miss Maker Fair, but this will be fun. Uh, okay, so for the Make Code Minute, let's, uh, let's bring in some windows here, shall we? Uh, and I'm going to throw on a little down shooter to start with. There we go. Okay. For the Make Code Minute today, I asked my daughter what should I build, and, well, it was her birthday this past week, so she said, how about something to do with birthday candles? Uh, so what I decided to build is a little virtual uh, sort of cupcake or cake with candles on it made on a Circuit Playground Express. And the way it works is that you can press the A button and it lights up the candles. Uh, and you can see they are flickering. If I put my, my hands around it, oh, let, me, let me relight that. I blew it out. Uh, it flickers and uh, we've got some little variation in the color there of the little candles. Uh, and then, since I'm in a noisy environment, it's, it's blowing out prematurely, but the way it works is that you simply blow on it to blow out the candles. So I'll go... And you can see they blow out uh, when a noise is detected, a loud sound is detected on the Circuit Playground Express. So let's take a look at uh, how this is created inside of Make Code. Um, there are quite a few things going on to make this happen. So first of all, I've got some vari variables that I'm creating in my on-start block uh, for if the candles are lit or not. And then I have this array of each individual candle, its state. And this is really useful because when we, uh, let's say, click the A button to light the candles, we call a function called light candles. And while the number of lit candles is less than 10, so it starts out, this starts out at zero, uh, we pick a random number from 0 to 9, 
and then we check, is that one lit or not? Since we're using randomness here, and I don't want the same pattern every time, I check against the state of all of those uh, falses or trues in the list there. If it's one that hasn't been lit yet, then we go ahead and light it. And this is simply running through from 0 to 255 divided by a rate, which decides how many steps to take the candle from 0 to 255 or uh, vice versa on the blowout. Uh, and then that is applied to this pixel color candle to a hue. So that's my variation. I have those sort of orangey yellows. Uh, the saturation is always the same. And then my index value is whatever that number of steps is that it's going to uh, increase each time. Then we flip that variable uh, to true so that it knows that it shouldn't try to light that one again. Uh, and then we increase the number of lit candles by one so that it stops when it gets to uh, the maximum. Uh, and so we do pretty much the same thing in reverse to blow them out. And that is how you can create a little lit candle uh, and candle blowout or cupcake for your birthday inside of MakeCode using the Circuit Playground Express. And that is your MakeCode Minute. And I wanted to do one of those uh, one more time for you. Uh, let's see if I can show it. Maybe it'll glow. Oh, I got it out of camera frame. Let's try that again. Happy birthday. All right. Um, I sometimes find it really helpful to ask uh, my kids for project ideas because uh, it's very easy for me to think along certain lines or uh, know which pro pro projects I've done before and what stuff I'm not even thinking about doing. Uh, and so it's really helpful for me, I find, to, to ask around the house. And the kids are around the house a lot more than they used to be because normally they're in school. Uh, so that's the Make Code Minute. Now, before we uh, leave the realm of Make Code, I want to... Uh, show you my uh, Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week. And I found this over on the uh, Make Code Forum. Let me pull that window out of there. And on the Make Code Forum, there's an arcade section. And this uh, game, my game pick of the week, is Mario Bowser Level by Blabilibaloo. I practiced that. Uh, and so the Mario Bowser level is, as you might have guessed, a recreation of a level of Super Mario Brothers or one of the Super Mario Brothers games uh, inside of MakeCode. You can see here uh, it's got fantastic graphics. There's a little jumping Mario. Uh, we have fireballs to, or lava uh, flames to get out of the way of. We got coins to collect. Uh, we jump onto these platforms, and I hope we land on something. Hey, look, there's a Goomba. Crush him by jumping on his head. Uh, whoa, here comes a ghost. Now, they don't uh, stop when you look, a, look at them like in, in the uh, original game. So that could be a, a fun thing to, to work on an improvement. Uh, but wow, look at this. Oh, oh gosh, I've died. Uh, so you can see why this is a pick of the week, because it's just really fantastic. And like I mentioned uh, last week, one of the really fun things that you can do in Make Code Arcade is pick some inspiration from an original uh, or, or a, uh, a game that you've played in the past and try your hand at recreating some elements from it. 
one thing as a tip I wanted to show, I'm gonna minimize the simulator for a second here, is sometimes it can be tricky to find things in a blocks-based uh, program when it gets large. And you can see this one is pretty darn huge. Uh, I believe it was created entirely in blocks, but one thing that's helpful is to head on over to the JavaScript code, and you might even find some blocks by name uh, in the graphical view, but then searching around inside of the JavaScript is much easier. So I wanted to, example, look at the Mario uh, sprites. So I found that Mario was the name used, and now I can go through and search for uh, items named Mario. And, oops didn't type in Mario, I typed Maro. Uh, and then I can click through these and find different instances of Mario being used. For example, uh, if I'm looking for the sprites, I'll look for Mario and you could either type in some uh, sprite text or uh, look for the icon for the pixel editor. So here, for example, um, that's a Boo, looks like, or ghost. Uh, there's the word Mario. Let's keep, keep scrolling through here. Mario Sprite Create, here we go. Uh, so there's the basic Mario. And when Mario moves, we can see here there's an update that sets the image either to Mario or uh, Mario jumping. And you can see the logic there is if the Mario uh, velocity in Y is greater than zero, then it puts the jumping sprite on. And you can even see this is a thing we saw uh, previously is the image flip is being used in order to uh, rotate or transform horizontally that sprite. Uh, so that is my MakeCode arcade game pick of the week for the week. It's called Mario Bowser Level by Blabelibelu. And great job. Thank you, uh, thank you for submitting that. It's a lot of fun to play and to look at how it was coded. Very impressive. And that is my MakeCode arcade game pick of the week. All right, uh, so this will bring us up to a, um, a terrifying moment to talk about our friend Lars. So I'm gonna actually turn off my air conditioner there for a second so I can uh, hear a little better. I'm gonna turn off, I have a fan pointed, a little sort of computer fan pointed at the back of my camera, which was overheating. So we'll see if that if that survives it. Uh, so, uh, Updates on Lars, I've got a guide in the works right now. And so last week uh, I showed some of our um, MP3 player work. Where is it? I have here, here we go. Uh, so this is the one I was showing last week and it's a prop maker feather wing on top of a M4 feather uh, and using one of these little speakers here. So my, my Lars uh, puppet came in the mail or doll, stuffed doll. And what I've done, the guide will make this much clearer because he's, he's got everything embedded inside of him right now. Uh, but essentially what I did was I used a seam ripper to open up uh, some stitches on the bottom of this one foot. And then I fed everything up through there. So there was no need to open him up any more than that. I pushed a uh, clicky switch here. You can hear, click, click. Uh, which is on the enable pin of the feather. So it starts up when I click that on or turns off when I click that off. Um, I have a USB port, uh, one of our little round panel mount USB ports I put into his foot and used a zip tie to hold it in place. There's also a, a screw nut there. Um, if you're wondering about his butt, he's got a button on his butt. 
questionable. Uh, the speaker, I, again, just kind of grabbing and pushing uh, from the outside, I was able to get the speaker through the batting and towards the front. Uh, so the speaker sits right about here. Uh, and then the feather and the prop maker feather wing are inside of a plastic bag just because I didn't want the um, solder points to grab onto the batting as I was trying to move it around in there. Uh, and it accepts input from the, dub, uh, the tap. So you can use either single or double tap. I think I have a single tap right now. So that's this weird little creepy breathing noise. And so if I want to trigger a sound. And uh, that's enough, Lars. Um, one of the cool things is that we can plug in the USB port both for programming and for battery charging. So I have a, a small um, 400 milliamp hour battery that fits between the, the feather wing and the feather inside of there. And so if I plug this in, uh, we can now go over to Moo. In fact, let me unplug my camera switcher so that I don't get a conflict in the serial port there. And you can see the code. It's pretty, pretty similar to what I had last week, I think. Uh, there's Moo there. Let's pop open Moo. And yeah, I'll just stand to the side here. I'll hit load on here. It's waiting. Um, oh, and let me enable. Lars so that he shows up. Circuit Pi, there it is, code.py. Uh, and we'll zoom in there. So this is um, pretty much all there is to it. And we looked at a lot of, a lot of this last week. Um, one thing that I added was I have a startup play function. So if I just want to hear him go through all of his phrases uh, at startup, I can change this to true. Uh, and hit save. Seventy Joseph, you do not know me, but oh, do I know you. The one with the delicious soft serve that I adore. The reason why I'm interrupting my creepy look out the window at children time. You can see down here below also I have uh, the names of the MP3s that are playing. Uh, running down here, um, and let me stop him again. And so, uh, mostly it was just the the physical embedding of this into the guy. I'm really pleased with the way he uh, he turned out. It's uh, uh, I think a, a pretty nice way to add uh, a pretty compact uh, sample playback unit to something like this, a prop or a puppet. Uh, and in fact, I have another prop idea uh, coming up for next week that'll, that'll involve a similar uh, hardware software setup. But I'll also be exploring using the mixer, which allows me to play two MP3 uh, files at the same time so that we can have a bed of music and then uh, samples on top of that, which would be pretty cool. Uh, so I think that covers, covers my update on Lars. Uh, a couple notes. The speaker, um, these are better when they're resonating off of something, like even holding them, they're much louder than, than just dangling. Uh, so I probably should have affixed that to like a small uh, plastic 
disc or something to, to give it a little more uh, uh, resonance. The other idea I had was maybe uh, using one of these bigger speakers uh, in there. I'm just not sure if the amp will drive that or not. So uh, some stuff to experiment with, but it's, it's great. It's satisfying. It's definitely loud enough for at-home use. The other thing that I forgot to do is check on the PropMaker Featherwing. There's a little uh, trim pot for volume, and I forgot to check if that was cranked all the way up. It, who knows where it's at? So I may need to pull that out uh, of there, which would be very annoying. So you kind of want to get everything right before you uh, commit to that. So uh, we'll just keep Lars back there where he can keep an eye on things. Uh, and now let's check in with the Discord because typically people are horrified and freaked out uh, when, when there's a Lars involved. And uh, I want to see if there's any questions. Let's see. Um, let's see. Please never squish me face up to the camera ever again. That was so uncomfortable. Oh my God, there's a Lars account. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so terrified. Uh, that's very funny. That made my day. Thank you, Lars, for, uh, for jumping on the Discord. Um, what else? Matambale appreciates the part location choice, sure thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but by the way, I don't know if how much of this I mentioned either. Uh, the... Uh, inspiration of this is there's a, a soft serve ice cream truck. There's two, two trucks here in LA, uh, a company owned by uh, a guy named uh, Joe Nietzsche, and it's called uh, CVT, which stands for Chocolate Vanilla Twist, CVT Software. They're super uh, software. They're super old school, traditional, simple. There's like two choices to make, vanilla or chocolate or the twist. And they have two kinds of sprinkles, a cone or a cup. So very few choices, delicious uh, ice cream. And uh, Joe is a very funny guy and has a great presence on Instagram. His buddy, Matt Bedell, who's a character actor, um, not char uh, he's an actor, and he, uh, he's played uh, Sergeant Cheddar on the Umbrella Academy, as well as a role on Narcos, I think it is. Uh, he got one of these uh, murder puppets and started tormenting uh, Joe on Instagram because Joe was giving out these sort of Willy Wonka-style cards. And uh, Lars wanted one. So that's, that's kind of the backstory to that. I'll put a bit of that in my guide if you're interested. Uh, let's see. Mr. Certainly says, I hope JV doesn't mind we're going on and on about Lars when he put all the hard work into the electronics and the creativity. Not at all. <laughs> what is this project without Lars? It's just a, an MP3 player, right? There's a much better MP3 player project out there that uh, Jepler just did, which, which actually plays... Uh, MP3s with an interface and stores a bazillion of them on an SD card. Uh, one of the things, by the way, I like that I'm able to do this with MP3s instead of Waves because they're super small and I'm just using the onboard flash storage. So I didn't need an extra SD card to store that. Um, so there's, there's room for lots and lots of samples on there uh, by doing these uh, small mono compressed MP3 files. Uh, let's see... Someone asked about, uh, over on the YouTube, about the Discord chat. Was there a question about that? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Du, du, du. Okay, yeah. So there's a question over, over in the YouTube from Dominic Appa about uh, 
size of spacers and bolts do you need to secure an Adafruit board to an enclosure? Typically, it's an M2.5 uh, is, is the uh, screw type that will work with, with mounting holes, M2.5. The length will vary on what you're trying to connect things to. Uh, there's actually, I'll show you this in a bit. I use these a lot. This is this uh, nylon uh, M2.5 variety pack that Adafruit sells for like $15 or something. And it's got a bunch of different sizes of screws, spacers, and nuts in there. So, And standoffs, threaded standoffs. Uh, what else? Oh my gosh, someone posted <laughs> Larson Star Trek. Oh gosh. Yeah. All right, this is uh, this is my favorite. Uh, Todd asks, did I have another murder puppet a few months ago? Um, I don't want these guys to become friends, but you remember Slappy, right? That's probably enough said about that. Uh, oh yeah, thanks. Jepler posted a, a link to his MP3 player, Pygamer MP3 player, so go check that out. Uh, looks fantastic. Uh, all right, good. Enough, enough of those shenanigans. Uh, let's get on to this week's project. So I uh, mentioned that I was using this uh, Pi Bonnet in a project. And the other thing I'm using, there's two other things I'm using in this project, an Itsy Bitsy M4, works with an M0 as well, it's the one I tested it on. Uh, and this Pimeroni Kibo. Uh, so this is a very cool um, mechanical keyboard kit with RGB LEDs, uh, which is designed for use with a Pi Zero uh, or a Pi Zero W. And you can see it's this uh, lovely uh, PCB with a very cool design. Uh, it's got the, let me go to this, this view here. It's got the, um, what do you call these? Non-soldering sockets for uh, Cherry MX style keys. Uh, and it's, it takes 12 mechanical keys. Uh, it's got RGB LEDs, they're actually dot stars that are built onto the board. Uh, let's see, is there a board close up in here? No. Um, but it's also got this uh, sort of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, mounting plane, mounting board for the keys to snap into. They kind of click into that, so it holds it really nice and secure. Uh, and this is designed for a Pi Zero. Um, I decided after I had stolen the SD card out of my Pi Zero that I had, I had put one of these together uh, after I'd stolen the, the SD card out for something else, and then I came back to go and use it, I was annoyed with myself for having taken that out because now I was going to have to go and reflash uh, a, an SD card and reconfigure things. And so I thought to myself, hey, I wonder if I could adapt this uh, little keyboard to work with something like a uh, Trinket or an Itsy Bitsy. And so that is what I did. Um, and initially, I was actually talking to my, my buddy uh, Todd Bot about this, and I said, hey, I wonder if I could get uh, a um, matrix breakout so that I could read all of this matrix keyboard onto like a pin on the trinket. Uh, and he said, actually, I don't think that thing is a matrix. I think it's just sending out 12 separate 
uh, GPIO pins to the Pi, and sure enough, that's what it's doing. I, had, I hadn't thought about it or looked at it very closely. Um, and so, turns out, a, uh, an Itsy Bitsy has plenty of I.O. on it, enough to definitely read 12 uh, pins. So there's my little Itsy Bitsy. Here was my initial uh, experiment in wiring. So I, I went into the, uh, the Kibo uh, header pin, Pi header pin, with that mess there, got that to work, uh, and then started to um, map out the circuit for it. So uh, this, if you look in my, uh, whoops, let me open up my fritzing section here. This is uh, how I mapped the bonnet uh, GPIO pins to the M4. So if we look at the schematic here, you'll see this on the right. This is the, uh, the M4. This is the proto uh, bonnet, and it essentially just has the pinout and names of the Raspberry Pi GPIO section. Uh, and so I found a forum post on Pi Moroni where they said which GPIO pins were being used for which uh, keys as well as the SPI for using the dot star RGB LEDs on there. Uh, this mapping is what I had used with my big bundle of wires, uh, but now uh, going into fritzing and connecting that up, I was able to find a somewhat uh, reasonable mapping. Uh, Almost all of these, all but one of these GPIO pins that I needed on the uh, Permaproto bonnet are found on this row here. Uh, and so you can see the only one I had to kind of solder on the underside of the board to an actual GPIO header pin was this uh, pin, GPIO pin 26, which I'm running to pin two of the, of the Itsy Bitsy. Uh, and this is just aligned this way right now so you can see it, but this is how it, uh, you can see what's going on, but here's how it actually goes onto the board. This gets a little slow with this many points on it. Uh, I think I've got that right, yeah. Uh, so that's how I have it connected up. Uh, so what I did, and I'll be posting a guide with some of the, the photos of the soldering process, but you can see it here. Uh, let me go to my down shooter. Pull out a little bit, uh, and not sure if that focus is great, but you can see I used some of that uh, little blue hookup wire and did a whole bunch of soldering. It is not the most elegant thing in the world, uh, but it definitely got the job done. Uh, I can't think of, of a better way to do it if I'm, if I'm soldering up wires to do this, other than I am going to design a circuit board and have, uh, have a run of them made at Oshpark so that I can do this sort of uh, just a drop-in replacement. And the cool thing is that this really is a drop-in replacement for uh, the Pi Zero. So uh, you can see other than having to account for some extra thickness at the bottom here uh, due to my um, wiring, this is the same size as the Pi Zero which went here. And so there's some really uh, thoughtfully placed, uh, nicely designed uh, headers and spacers from Pi Moroni uh, that I've got plugged into there. And so now I've got uh, access to my USB port right there on the um, trinket or the, the itsy bitsy rather. So I'm going to plug that in and let that fire up. Uh, you can see I've got a little animation it ran through. One thing is when I got mine, it actually had a broken um, 
I didn't realize until I put everything together, it had a missing LED. The, the SMD LED, I think, broke off or, or was never there. Um, so I, I might try to open that up and, and resolder that on there. Uh, so you can see here, these are the key caps that it comes with, which are clear and lets you see uh, all of the uh, LEDs through. Uh, I have it just blinking to red from cyan. So when you press one, it goes red and then it returns back to cyan. Um, and then I also stole a keycap off of another mechanical keyboard that had these little kind of glow through uh, LEDs. Now I'm kind of nervous about pressing things because I'm, uh, I'm sending USB commands. So let me open up Moo uh, where it can absorb the, um, the hit of, of anything I do in there. Um, and let's, let's pull in the, the code that's running on my uh, itsy bitsy. So I'll close this. Let's load code.py. So this is all in CircuitPython. Uh, uses some HID keyboard code um, and some dot star code. One thing I'm excited about is I'm going to try to see if I can use some of the new animation library stuff that Katni and Roy built to do super fancy, fast, uh, blinky things on here. Uh, for right now, it's, it's doing things that are, that are really simple. Uh, but apparently pixel buff and the animation library stuff, I asked Katni this morning, she said those, those should all work on here. Um, and so I'm importing those libraries. I've got some preset colors. Uh, I have a couple of choices on orientation. Uh, so this is a little rough the way it's doing it right now, but if I want, I can go to the zero orientation. Uh, and now you'll see it, it starts up going three by four, or I can go to this one orientation and it's four by three. Uh, then what am I doing? I'm, I'm mapping those with those orientations. I'm, I've made a couple little functions for dots on and off. Uh, this is my little startup animation here. Uh, setting up the HID device. Uh, I'm not using any uh, consumer control things yet, but that's like play and pause and buttons like that. Here's my two physical orientation arrays. Uh, this is what each key does. And this doesn't, this, uh, doesn't care about the orientation, I don't think. I think this follows the orientation. Um, and is that right? No, that's probably wrong. I didn't try it since I changed it this morning. Uh, so here's what I've got it doing right now. The keys just type in a one, two, three, four, five, and six. This is a delete key. Uh, that's where it says backspace. Uh, and then these three are arrow keys, like a, a D-pad style arrow keys up, down, left, and right. Um, and then if I open up the Let's reopen the serial here and make that bigger. You can see what happens when I actually press a key. Uh, it checks, it's always checking the range of uh, uh, the 12 pins. And if the state is a zero, uh, then it will try to use the key code uh, that's associated with it and turn the dot red. Uh, the reason I have this value error in here is that if you do more than six at a time, it crashes the um, HID library. So I've, I've, that's why I have this try and accept, so it'll pass when it gets past a sixth uh, key. Um, and same when it releases, it sends the release code. Uh, so these are pull-up resistors, um, so that's why it's off or on for on and off. And then down here, when I'm doing HID stuff, I always like to have an area with uh, some comment code so that I can type things in uh, and not flood the actual code with, with bad stuff. Uh, so there's my up arrow, down, right, 
and left. Uh, and if I head on over here, I can type in one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, and I can go over here and delete them. Delete, 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 delete. So uh, you can imagine you could do some pretty cool um, macro keyboard kind of stuff with this, add a shift or a control key to it so that you get multiple layers of things. Uh, and you can also drop in different mechanical keys, which is cool, um, mechanical keyboard keys. So I've got these soft linears that are in here. I have some spare Cherry MX Reds, which are probably pretty similar. But it would, would be kind of a neat uh, keyboard. It's the only one I have that have these uh, non-solder drop-in sockets for, uh, for the keys. So. Uh, there you go. That is, uh, that is my project of the week, and uh, I'll be working on a guide for it. Uh, and I think uh, Pimeroni uh, also make a, let me open up actually my browser. They also make a little four key one, which would also work well with this. Um, or maybe even a Gemma or a Trinket might have enough IO. I can't remember if those would have enough. Um, Let's uh, let's see. Let me pop open. Where's my Firefox? There you are. Uh, let's go to Pimeroni, which stands for Pirate Monkey Robot Ninja. If you're having troubles remembering Pimeroni, uh, Pimeroni Kibo, and they have the Kibo Mini as well. Uh, here's the Mini. Oh, it's three keys. Yeah, cute. Uh, so same thing though, it's the same form factor, so you, you could do this exact thing. Uh, lots of fun you could have with that. And then here's the, here's the 12 key one. And I think they offer a version with clicky keys as well. Uh, it looks like it's out of stock right now in Pimeroni. So that was my uh, inspiration for this project. Oh look, here's a nice shot of those little uh, Kali brand uh, sockets for the key switches to go into. All right, uh, so that is all the time that we have. Um, I appreciate you coming by. Uh, let's pop back over into the Discord for a moment to see uh, what's happening. Lars, uh, can I trust you with the camera control? Sure, yeah, you know what, Lars? You should have the camera control. Here you go. You can put that in your weird little claw. There you go, it's not actually plugged in. Don't tell Lars. Uh, yeah, you didn't know that? Pirate Monkey Robot Ninja, that's Pimeroni. Uh, I don't know if that's like a backronym because they wanted to use the word pie in there because of their association with Raspberry Pi stuff. But uh, Charles Burnford asks, how about using a Metro M4 or a Grand Central? Yeah, I think you could probably, like if you're trying to do a full keyboard, I think that's like 104 keys or something like that. So you probably at some point want to be dealing with a scanning matrix of some kind. Um, Wolf220 asks, why don't I open a notepad or sticky note for testing so I don't have to worry about messing up the code? You would think that I would think of that, but I never do. And so, so inevitably, I just see my code starting to go crazy and I have to hold reset on the board and then go undo and fix stuff. So um, I just throw in a big chunk of, of comment down there, usually at the bottom. Uh, other questions? Mess of wires. Wow, Jepler. That is crazy town. What is this thing? What are you making here? Let's open the original there. Can I show that? Uh, you're just hand wiring a keyboard there. Is this a diode matrix? I think it's a diode matrix. That is cool. 
you've really done it. This thing is entirely 3D printed, isn't it? You're, you're bonkers. That's fantastic. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I'm also excited. Uh, there's some other keyboard projects afoot. I know that um, Sedacious has some, some tricks up his sleeve. He might have shown on Show and Tell. I can't remember, so I don't want to uh, say anything, anything more on it. But yeah, there's some, there's some cool keyboard stuff uh, in the works. All right, that's all we got time for. Uh, but I will remind you that the fun isn't over. I'm going to be doing Show and Tell uh, at 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time today. In fact, I'm going to get out of here and go set up for that. So if you've got some stuff to show, uh, that would be terrific. I would love to see uh, your projects, and so, so would the rest of the Internet. We want to see what people are working on. Uh, that is it. Freight of Fruit Industries, I'm John Park. This has been John Park's workshop, and our good friend Lars and I say goodbye. You do not know me, but oh, do I know you. The one with the delicious soft serve that I adore. The reason why I'm interrupting my creepy look out the window at children time is to demand that you tell me where all of your Wonka cards are. I want them. <laughs> I am only kidding, of course. Don't be so serious. Or am I?